Howdy folks, welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John Mills and the Fourth. This is part two of what I call the Deka Sessions. If you're not familiar, this is an interview series with my buddy of uh, Deka Rocks of Detroit. She is a singer, songwriter, and all-around badass. She has a band called Roxolidian, also teaches the guitar as well, and has her own festival called the Cosmic Slot Festival. On this one, we're talking a bit about making our guitar teachers proud and some other topics too. Check it. So my first my first guitar teacher, a guy named Mike Stacy, who, you know, really good dude, you know, really voice of reason and everything, you know. Um, it's kind of funny because he looks a lot like this wrestler by the name of Al Snow, you know. Al, shout out to Al Snow. Fucking journeyman. He does not get credit. Fucking journeyman. He does not get enough credit. Totally, you know. Shout out to Al Snow. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Shout out to Al Snow. Shout out to Al Snow. Me and Gomez talk about how he is. He's in that category of just like a journeyman. You totally. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Just, you can just count on him to show up and get the job done. It's going to be a good match. They're going to execute the moves. They're going to work with you. You don't have to worry about falling on your neck. You know, you know he's what I'm there. saying? Exactly. <laughs> in the pocket. Anyway, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> to help. You know what? This interview, I would actually probably send it to him because I got a collar elbow shirt. <laughs> it was funny because I got the, you know, the, like the last show I got to before the COVID thing happened was actually uh, over at um, DC Improv, right? And Mick Foley was doing stand-up, right? He's doing like... I saw those pictures, you and your mom, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was funny because I'm wearing a collar elbow shirt, right? I forgot that all, I forgot that was Al Snow's company. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that, right? And I didn't know. I forget it slipped my mind. The reason why I got it because my buddy MVP because he had like he had a good deal with him, right? So I got that because and I got the shirt, you know, and I used to wear it at gigs. MVP, I look forward to him coming to one of my shows one day. He knows about you. I know he do. I'm gonna rock his face. Yes. Because I know he, I know he fam. I know he. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's cool as shit. Man, shit. shit. I'm sorry. I like. I you know as we we. You mentioned Al Snow. Now I'm off into wrestling, and, and you know how I, that's how the I cool, feel. That's the cool part about the show. Is like one of the cool things about the show is almost like kind of like turn out a punk. Sometimes it goes turn turn out a wrestling geek. Literally, that's one of the secrets about it. Is like the connection. Though. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get MVP on here actually, but you know, going to fucking dirty corporate is a fucking mind fuck. You know. Yeah. But as I was saying though, so it was funny because because Foley saw the shirts like you know it's Al Snow's company right? I was like. Oh shit! I forgot. It's like I'm just busting your chops. I was like, okay, cool. So that's if I looked a little surprised, that's the reason why. So, but yeah, you know, but but yeah, as I was saying though, because like um, shit, because it's kind of funny because all those guys are into hardcore, you know, or hip hop or something like that. We all grew up the same way. Now I remember. Yeah. But but yeah, back to it though. So guitar wise, I learned everything from this guy named Mike Stacy. You know, amazing fucking guitar player. You know, does not yeah. get the credit he de- deserves or whatever, right? And it was actually kind of funny because he's with this one country rock band from Maryland called Sam Grow Band, right? Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing is, the first show that Jenny's Techno had, it was at this place called the Whiskey. It was an open mic thing, right? And all right, it's kind of a surreal moment. I'll put it this way: I hate the name drop, but it kind of helps paint the picture. Um, Pinocchio, right? What happened yeah. was he was there, you know, he was at he was at the show to check it out, right? And we were talking, right? And I couldn't remember anything they said because I was shitting bullets, right? So I was sweating bullets and shitting Ovaltine, you know? And right, we're talking okay, this really okay. cool <laughs> moment, right? 
So I look to my right and I look over, right? And I start snickering. And Noak's like, what's so funny? I was like, the guy that told me how to play guitar is in a band called Sam Grill Band. He's literally playing the week after we are. Oh my gosh. Exactly. So it's really <laughs> bizarre, like how that happened. So, you know, I, 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 but it was. I got. I'm sorry. I got a story like that. Go for That's it. Crazy. Go for so, it. So when I first started uh, performing out in Detroit and getting back to like getting back to I so I hosted poetry for um, for maybe a year or so back in like 2009. And at some point I was tired of being the only musician uh, in the in a room full of people, you know, like one of few musicians or any of the musicians that came around or the people I, I brought in. And I started going to these jams um, that were in Greek town, which is like right downtown. It's this maybe two or three block span of um, restaurants and bars and um, and whatnot. And there was a bar called the Music Menu that used to be open. Um, and there was also a, a place upstairs from this restaurant that was a bar as well that was called on Monday nights. It was the jazz loft. And on, I want to say Wednesdays. No, it couldn't have been Wednesdays, Sundays, Sundays. It was the funk loft. So, uh, I had a, um, one of my mentors, um, I had two other amazing guitar teachers that came along after uh, when I moved out to Ypsilanti, um, I met a guy named Ray, who, uh, Razor Ray, as a matter of fact, Razor Ray Reyes. Um, shout out to Razor Ray. I love you. Um, he played in a band called Harm's Way. They played uh, with, he plays with, I think he toured with ICP last year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> odd connection, but yeah, Razor Ray, um, is amazing. And he's, he's, I know he played on one of their albums or a couple of their albums as well over the years. Um, and he's always worked with those guys. So, um, uh, shout out to Ray, uh, and my other mentor, um, who, his name is Piranha Head and Piranha Head is a guitar player. He also um, is a producer and an arranger. Piranha Head was in a band called Enemy, um, Enemy Squad back in the day. They were like 16 or 17 and they went on tour and opened for Parliament um, for, uh, you know, like I know I know somebody who was in Enema Squad. Um, I know a couple, there's a couple folks who are in Anima Squad. I know like, Gabe Gonzalez and Law. Yeah, you know, Lawrence I know Rorrell. Gabe too. So Piranha was like, yo, you know, um, you gotta come to the Funk Loft. Uh, it's real cool. Uh, you know, Gabe plays drums up there and, and you, so you know him too, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know, you can let you get on the mic because Gabe, it was Gabe's night. Um, uh, so I go up there and by this time, like we had a good time. Like we've been going for a few weeks, you know, and um, he'd be like, hell yeah, little sis, you know, I'll call you up and, and whatever, you know, we just kind of jam on whatever, you know, um, it was, it was a, it was a jam, literally just, it was a jam. They'll play whatever 
um, P-Funk song, you know, might come come to mind because Gabe, since Gabe had toured with with George for a little while, yeah, you know, he, he knew the whole catalog, you oh, know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? So we go, we could just go through it, you know, and then he had the mic, Gabe would have a mic behind the drum kit, so so he's playing, he could play mm-hmm. and lead the band and 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 like sing back and forth, so it was like Sometimes I would be, you know, it'd be two or three vocalists backing him up while he was singing or doing the call and response thing. It was beautiful. Like, it was a lot of fun, man. You know, constantly rotating, um, you know, every 15, 20 minutes. It was, um, you know, the 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 whole band might rotate out. Um, it was so much fun. And I'm up there singing one night and I look out in the crowd and there's Ray standing in oh, front of shit. me. <laughs> And I just hugged this man and cried. And he's like, look at you. Mind you, had not seen me since I was 17 years old. This is 10 years later. (laughs) At least, right? At least 10 years later. So he's like, girl, if you don't come in, you know, give me a hug. Let me buy you a drink. You drink. Come on, let me buy you a drink, you know? So, and it just, it put I put his number in my phone. Um, you know, he had a um, him and his girl had a, a podcast for a little while. She passed away. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Um, man, that was horrible. But yeah, so I, that's you know, how I know about Razor Ray. Loved Ray, man. Love, R- love, love. R.I.P. Ray, Danny Cakes. Yes, indeed. R.I.P. Danny Cakes. And I I hadn't spoken to her in a while either because I had my own stuff going on. You know. Oh yeah. And she was always so sweet, always reaching out. You know, I hope everything is okay. I hope everything is okay. Sending you love. Like she was just always, always the sweetest woman. Um, I'm so blessed to have known her. Um, and, um, uh, and every time I saw the two of them together, they were both, they were both glowing. Regardless of whether they were like together or not at the time, they clearly, you know what I'm saying? when two people just enjoy being around each other, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that I just, I loved her for the way she loved him, uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I'm like, I've known this man so long. Like, <laughs> you know, like I remember being, I remember being, I remember being 15, 16 years old going into lessons on Saturday and he would come stumbling in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hung over and shit, you know? You know, so I love Ray and I, um, and Piranha, Piranha, you know, it was like my grown up guitar teacher. Piranha and I would go, Piranha had this basement apartment over in Midtown with records to the ceiling and like guitars and memorabilia. And, um, one corner of his room, he had his bed, in the other corner, he had his recording setup, like his home recording setup. Before anybody had a home recording setup, this nigga Piranha had a home recording setup. And he had his everything, like his guitar, his bass, you know, um, uh, his horn or his, um, what do you call it? Um, (laughs) uh, It is a... Oh, what is this instrument? It's right on the tip of my tongue. It's um, 
Melodica. Oh, Melodica. Yeah. A Melodica. Melodica, yes. So he's like doing some dub reggae shit too? <laughs> he would just, you know, like if he hear, if he heard a melody, sometimes he would just, it's, it's quicker for if he was trying to hear, if he was trying to hear something, like, or sometimes when he would teach me, you know, it's easier, to, or he would do, 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 like, here's this. Now do this on the guitar because he knows I can hear it. Oh, okay. Um, But like Piranha, Piranha and I would sit in front of his, and this used to piss my husband off, <laughs> or my ex-husband, should I say? It was my husband at the time. It used to piss him off because I would go over Piranhas at like eight o'clock at night. I would not come home until one or two o'clock. My hands would be sore. <laughs> You know, like my hands, yeah. like my hands would be sore. I would be tired. I would smell like smoke and coffee, <laughs> and I would be like, "I'm going to bed." Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm taking a shower. I'm going to bed, and like, and he knew, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no like no funny business, but he was like, "Okay, but you said it was only going to be." I'm like, "Listen, man, <laughs> you just gonna have to hold on." Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. That's only fair. Like, cause... I was. I honestly tried to. I tried to leave at eleven. We were leaving. We were wrapping it up for two hours, and every time you wrap it up, like I'm wrapping it up too, but I still have questions. I'm still curious about whatever it is he's talking about. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, and I, I just appreciate that I can still call either one of those guys, man. It is a blessing, you know. You know? And I so I try to be that to my students. So even if I like, you know, even though I'm about to take this this break, a uh, little hiatus um, from teaching, um, I'm still here. Like, and they know that. You know what I'm saying? Email me, text me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, questions. It doesn't matter what time. You know, if I don't answer, I'll answer when I wake up. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. Um. So so I I appreciate being able to be that to to my students also because like it runs in my family like my great granddad was um um or my great great grandfather was a music teacher hmm. um yeah um after he um helped to bring the ukulele uh to the mainland um and played in the Ford Hawaiians Henry Ford's own um personal um, Hawaiian quartet led by my great grandfather Henry Kailima. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait! You're Samoan? A Hawaiian? Oh, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Um, my it was my my grandmother's my grandmother's grandfather, so my great great grandfather. Oh, okay. Um, 1915 is when he came over. Ooh, 1915 is when he came over from um to the mainland. Um, Henry Ford had gone over to Hawaii, you know, because that's what people did then um, with money. And when it was still fresh and new um, and freshly, um, you know, fresh, freshly annexed. And (laughs) um, fuck you, Dole. Um, Anyway, uh, (laughs) um, if Henry Ford would um, and Henry Ford saw my great grandfather and was like, yo, like, this is some shit y'all got here with this ukulele. Uh, and so he um, convinced him to move to Detroit. Um, 
and said basically like well, let's record you you know and um and you can you know work with i know this dude named thomas edison he's got this recorder situation popping off like come and work with us you know and we'll put your put your music um on you know to be distributed and you can play around and let me show you off to my friends or whatever and so um in 1915 he um is where he uh, performed with, with his quartet at the San Francisco Exposition, which was like how they did the World's Fair back in the day, you know? Like, here's the new shit that's going to be cool this year. You know, like, like you know, like a three or four day sort of, you know, like expo, right? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, right? So, so, um, um, they would do these, they would do like these human zoos, right? That kind of shit popped off there too. Yeah. Um, and so my great grandfather and his band performed, and um, that's when you know Henry Ford was like, "Yeah, man, come on, like you got to do this. Like you're already here in the mainland. Like come on, come to Detroit. Like I got you. Check this out." So he said okay, and he performed for. Um, he was part of the Ford Hawaiians. That's what they were called, and. Um, uh after a while i'm not sure at what point but great grandfather ended up um the disbanding because he didn't really like he had a family or he uh and he didn't really want to be all over the country like touring you know and so he wanted to taught music and he enjoyed doing that um just as much and so he opened up a school here and um and taught music uh, for the later years and, and like was a family man and shit, you know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like, you know, so I get it. I, I get it. I enjoy teaching as well. I think I enjoy the stage, um, a little bit more. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. You know, you know, like I, I, I like them both. I love them both, but oh man, oh man, the stage is like, it has a feel, you know. It's like recharging. It's draining, but recharging at the same time. Yes. Like every time I finish a show, I always say, "I am exhausted. My feet are sore. I am emotionally mentally drained. I wouldn't change this. I wouldn't trade this feeling for anything. For nothing. Nothing. Nothing in the world. Exactly. And like my favorite part of playing a show is, um, being wide the fuck awake afterwards all night. <laughs> You know, yeah, it does give you energy boost. I put it that way. And that post gig hunger too. That's a motherfucker. Starving, like fucking Marvin, man. Like fucking just. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Yeah, like have have a food plan already put together. That's the best thing to do. Those are my favorite nights. Like, okay, okay, have some. I got some food already, or I got out of the gig at a time that was not. Like it was before bar hours, so I didn't have to worry about there being a line at the Coney Island, you know, at the like all, all oh, yeah. there's no, no lines at the drive-throughs because it's not like two thirty and everybody's getting out of the club and everybody's had the same idea. Oh shit, I'm hungry. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. White Castle, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, whatever. No, no, white. It's like. <laughs> It's like they're they're here, but I think they're more in Jersey and like other parts of the East Coast though. But they used to be here though. But yeah, you know, 
it's kind of funny everybody always said everybody always said i should either teach music or history or music history right and that either means one or two things that either means john knows his stuff or he won't shut the fuck up about the goddamn past john you would make a great music history teacher thank you like you know i ain't trying to be funny but i would like you you could have a whole segment of just music history Believe it or not, that was kind of the things I was kind of working at, act, working at actually, you know, and literally. Count me in. You know. Count me in. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I jump on that with you? Of course. Can we, can we long distance high five that? I'm no so problem. down for that. Bam! Like I'm down for fuck, man. I just like, it's so much in here. Do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like so much ridiculous shit in here. Like for example, like every rehearsal, right? It would become like a goddamn class, actually, right? Like, I'll never forget, like, the first lineup in 2012 of, like, you know, Chris and Daniel, right? And they were favorite band at the memorials. I remember when they split up. It was on Twitter. It was almost like, where were you on that faithful day? I was on Twitter, and I saw Thomas Pridgen and Vivica Hawkins trading barbs at each other on Twitter. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it was a disaster, right? But what happened was, because I remember, you know, it was Chris and Danielle, they were really obsessed with the memorials and everything. And to me, I figured they're what awesome. they Yeah, and I figured what they were doing. They were just doing jazz fusion with us. That's really what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's really what yeah. it was. I had no problem with it, though, but I'm like... No, it, it was great. It was great and everything. It was phenomenal, right? Yeah. So what happened was, I guess I wasn't having a good day or something like that. I was... So I put... I typed up Mavish Orchestra. Some 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 of my just orchestra tabity 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 right. I play it right, and I was like, "Yo, this sound like this sound like memorials." I'm like, "No, the memorials sound like them." Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be kind of like that new orchestra, yeah, for, for for sure. I'd be that kind of teacher for a second, and you know, it was kind of fun because you know, with me, it's almost like you're gonna learn some shit, you know. Listen. You know. You gonna learn some shit? Okay, wait. Okay, getting back to it. Okay, when you're doing the open jam things, what did you exactly learn there? And what did you find that you can sing, though? Because I remember we talked about that. You said you were not exactly a vocalist or a singer at first. You know, that kind of came out later on, right? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so, like, when I was younger, I sang in choirs, right? Um, and I had I remember it like in sixth grade having a solo and being terrified right and then later on um at some point I think when I started playing guitar and like listening to grunge and realizing that there were different sorts of vocalists out there um I hate to bring this up but stereotypically um Ritz or some might sound cliche but like four non-blondes you know um L7 um fucking um Honest, I, I was a grown ass woman when I found out about X-ray specs. So unfortunately, I can't even bring bring that into the equation. But like that was like more reinforcement later on. Like, nah, bitch, you doing right, you know. Um, but at, at some point, um, while I was confident in like my performance, like I could, you know, sing and play a guitar at the same time. I think vocally, I was still doing stuff that was real safe. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Um, Pearl Jam. Uh, I did a lot of Pearl Jam. I did a lot of like, uh, I did some Nirvana. I did some 
Guess Who, right? Yeah. Um, I still like to play with the Guess Who. They don't get their credit. No, they don't get enough credit. This is more music history. This is the baddest band to come out of Canada. Oh, like, totally. I don't know what to tell y'all. Our Lady Peace is great and everything, but there would be none without the Guess Who. Those guys were dynamic. Those Vastly. vocals that they were putting together, y'all sleeping. You sleeping if you don't know the Guess Who. And you don't realize that you do know the Guess Who. Oh, like that's... you already do. They do. You still know that name, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just wow. Wow. Anyway, um, uh, so I did a lot of stuff. I, I play stuff I like to play. I played stuff that I liked to play that when I would look it up, um, if the chords were, were easy, you know, um, and then I did stuff that would challenge me that I just, that I just liked, you know what I'm saying? Guitar World magazine back in the day. Don't uh, never underestimate the power of the written press. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a time before the internet, we before you could just go in Google tabs or go to you know your Ultimate Guitar app. Um, <clears throat> it was whatever Guitar World or Guitar Player or Guitar Magazine. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> or acoustic guitar. Yes. Or because uh, guitar player didn't put tabs in there. No. Guitar player was just, or it's just mainly articles and interviews and stuff. But guitar world was the one that had you could, you could count on. I had a stack. I had stacks, multiple stacks. I had stacks and stacks of guitar world. Oh yeah. To the point where my dad was like, honey. Are you going to hoard these or are you going to like go through and figure out which ones you want? Cause they're old and yellow, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I feel like I, they were, they got, I think some of them got damaged oh, yeah. too, but I had a really serious collection of guitar world. So I was, you know, I, I just found stuff that I like to play or I found stuff that would challenge me to the point where I, I wasn't worried about what I was singing. I was just focusing on my playing, Oh yeah, you know, um, like, um, and at some point, I um, I think it was about the time I started hosting, um, and maybe in about two thousand nine, hmm. and and I, <clears throat> I just spent a lot of time on stage, and so I had to get creative because I, <laughs> you know, um, I had opportunities to flex my muscle. So I, I had to fill that time with something, and I, I just I just spent a lot more time messing around with it. And so from being on stage practicing these different techniques in the midst of hosting, I think that was part of the reason that at some point I said, okay, this is cool, but now I want to see what I can do with this, right? And then that's when the um I I was I was led to um, the jams, and so one of the things that um, was great about that was that it was more practice because a lot of times I was there with other vocalists and some of these uh, people were former P-Funk vocalists. You know, George was really good about all like, you know, having a bunch of folks, you know, yeah. for, for, for whatever reason, you know, he had high turnover. So, so yeah, the the um the benefit of that is being able to 
be in close proximity to people who have had the experience of doing unique things vocally. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I learned is that the voice is an instrument. It is. And so you make different sounds. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember standing up there one night, we were singing something and the chick next to me is like growling the whole song. And it went with what the fuck we were singing. Like it was just texture, you know, make different sounds, make different shapes. Uh, And so when I realized that at some point, I said, well, shit, bitch, you can do that, too. There's nothing keeping you from doing that. You know, like you already are. You're like, do it. Like, just, you know, play around, see what happens. You know, um. So, yeah, <laughs> you just kind of try to make some texture, you know, mess around with it. I, I, I do a lot of stuff in the mirror. Uh, I have a I have like a mirror at my desk. Uh, so when like I put makeup and stuff on mm-hmm. um, my my like my work desk is also like, you know, like <clears throat> my vanity, um, if you will. Right. Um so I plug my little, you know, lighted mirror in and do whatever I'm going to do. Um, but sometimes it just kind of sits up on top of my monitor. Um, but uh, And I end up making reaction faces. On, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like looking in the mirror, like, and, and not on t- like, not sometimes not on purpose. Like I spend time by myself, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, messing around or I may be watching something on the TV in the background. Okay. Ha 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 ha. Laugh at something. Right. And, but I'm conscious of my face, you know, so you just like work on stuff. Yeah. Right. And, um, I have just always admired, uh, hearing folks do different stuff or do, uh, you know, like swim upstream vocally. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, the more the older I get it seems like the more I'm able to find those sort of artists and um, it's comforting it's remind you know uh, as as much as I hated people saying uh, you know I remind them of <clears throat> I was I've told for a long time I was I remind folks of Brittany Howard and I'm like oh, it's just because we're both big and light skinned and have glasses I always hated Tom Rolla comparisons. I'm like, we do two totally different things. He comes out of a shred thing. I'm like, <laughs> I have a different approach to shredding. Like mine's more based like Frank Zappa or like maybe Eric Gales or maybe like even like Kirk Cobain's closer. Like I like to kind of play with noise and dissonance and stuff. Like what I do is more yeah. like akin to Frank Zappa, you know, that kind of thing. And Eddie Hazel and stuff like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. You know, for but, sure. But I can see that, though, but it's, like, you know, two different. But the thing about the older I get, though, like, okay, I used to hate Slash, right? But mm-hmm. then, you know, let me, let me phrase that because I didn't, it's not that I hated dude, but I kind of felt like the stuff I wanted to do, it was kind of tame in comparison. But then I yeah. find out Slash and I damn near have the same influences, so I'm like, well, shit. I can't really hate the guy that much, so. Right. I grew to appreciate that, you know. Yeah. So I get it, you know, and you know, 
I just feel like the reason why, because, you know, like your voice is powerful enough. And that's the thing about it. I don't really find like a lot of people that kind of powerful as voice anymore. Like nowadays it's, yeah, if we're, that's why I listen to a lot of R&B now. Not that I really did in the first place, but at least back in the 70s and 90s, they had some kind of texture and kind of integrity to their voice. Nowadays, it's like they have the personality and sound of an avocado. They sound like basically a black version of Bjork, actually. And they're no more male R&B singers. They're just rappers are afraid to get shot at. All right, so how did the Cosmic Slot Festival come about? So um, the Slot Fest came about out of a need for some uh, some safe spaces. Some safe spaces for... Uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> weirdos to be weirdos and um, freaks to be freaks and um, Afropunks to be Afropunks and black rockers to be black rockers and um, punks to be punks and, you know, whatever else is a place for us to run free. And um, a lot of us here in the Metro Detroit area ended up, um, you know, just kind of by happenstance, I think, playing in lots of different bands and lots of different styles of music, you know, um, but not necessarily like um, what we want to be playing. Maybe it doesn't always just come out of us like that, but maybe that's the band that pays the bills. Yeah. Maybe the wedding band pays better than, you know, the dingy uh, bar, right? Exactly. So, like, totally understandable. The corporate band plays pays better, like, um, the world-renowned jazz club pays better. Those things happen. No big deal. But that doesn't mean we don't like to, like you know, jam out with our clams out. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> so um. I was, I was on Facebook, and <laughs> um and um, I it just kind of like posed the question, like, damn, how come we don't have a festival here in Detroit? Like, Afropunk is cool, but damn. Yeah. We could totally like uh, we have a very unique scene here um, and history that is distinctly right that is distinctly ours. Um, so why don't we take advantage of that? And um, so they were like, "Do it, Dika," and I was like, oh, "Okay, well, shit." <laughs> and so there you have it. Uh, so that was 2011. And um, I would say we're semi-annual. Um, uh, we'll be back next year now, thanks to COVID. We'll be back in 2021. Yeah. Um, and I think um, what I'm looking forward to is the next form of the festival. Uh, and um, it transforms. And I have always, when I first envisioned it, it was three days and like a camp out situation, lots of different stages, you know, um, and stuff going, you know, and I'm not all hours of the night, but almost, you know, all hours of the night as, as long as the, um, alcohol license would let us. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so, um, I'm not sure how close we're going to get to that next year. Um, but, um, over the years we have gone from, um, from the VFW Hall, or not the VFW Hall, but the um, uh, the Elks Lodge mm -hmm. in um, outside of Ann Arbor or in Ann Arbor, um, 
to um, having two stages and two, you know, two or three stages, 22 bands, uh, 15 or 20 different vendors, including like food vendors and food trucks and, um, and anywhere between, you know, five to 800 uh, attendees uh, in a day. Damn. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> that is. That's fucking dope. You know, it's it's pretty great to, to know that, like, people are um, enjoying the party as much as, as I hope. Um, <clears throat> and, like, you know, it's community. I love seeing bands that form out of the Slop Fest. I love seeing um, other bills, like shows tours bands that end up hooking up together and working together um you know um i love seeing couples there have been couples and families come out of very true you know (laughs) yes you know it's beautiful i businesses you know all sorts of networking connections and it's natural it's not forced it's not like we go oh from one to two. It's networking only. Like we don't do that. We don't we don't set stuff up like that. Oh, yeah. You know, we run from from start to finish. There's music playing all the time. The vendors are there. Uh, you know, we used to have stuff for the kids from from a certain time. You know, and then after that, it's let the grown folks do their thing. Take the kids home. <laughs> you know, or sit back somewhere and let the grown-ups mosh and, and enjoy themselves. Exactly. And, you know, um, and it's a good time, man. If you want to twirl around um, in your dashiki and you don't want to be fucked with, you ain't got to be fucked with. You know, I've had, and that's another thing, because I am, um, <clears throat> um, I stand up for, for, like, I'm a black woman. And so it means a whole lot to me to feel safe places, um, especially knowing that we are the least protected, um, sadly, creature in the in the, you know um, in the world. And um, uh, it's important to me that Black women and my G's, um, marginalized genders, feel safe in spaces that I curate. And I'm very thankful that. Um, I've been told repeatedly how surprised and how grateful uh, women were and, and femmes were and my G's were that like they just got to come and enjoy themselves. Ain't nobody fuck with them. <laughs> you know, nobody staring at me weird from the corner. You know, like just just enjoy it. Just got to come and I sit back and and watch or have my drink or dance or you know shop or whatever and just enjoy yourself and that's what everybody gets to do everybody should be able to have that experience and so i know we don't always get that everywhere but we get it at the slop you know and all events up underneath the umbrella of the slop um when you come to the slop fest you come into my house exactly you know so certain shit mama don't go for <laughs> you know <clears throat> so you know how did Roxalidian start Roxalidian started um, at another show 
<laughs> I was uh, I had just got done working or I had been solo for a while I was before that I worked with a project called the spiral effect and we were we looked like a theater troupe uh, <laughs> like all ages <laughs> like okay. all ages races sizes you know, okay. <laughs> just we look like a fucking theater troupe. You can say um, that. And and we like we enjoyed ourselves. We had a great time. Like, but you know, <laughs> we did a show on my birthday, and we were lit. Man, we were so drunk, and we did it at um, it was at our home venue, so we were extra comfortable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it was also our practice room. Like it was also this venue was also our practice space. Hmm. So um, during the day, right? So um, or on their off nights, like Thursday, you know what I'm saying? Tuesday nights, they didn't have anything going on, so we were there practicing, um, or they had like a drawing or whatever, and that was over at eight o'clock. So we would have practice from like nine p.m. until, okay. And literally, when I say until, I mean until. Understood. Um, right. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so the spiral effect sort of disbanded, and um, because we were we smoked so much weed, we couldn't get anything done. <laughs> 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 hey, at least you're real about it, you know. Let me be very frank with you. Okay, we smoked so much weed, we couldn't get shit done. And when I talk to there's a, a some of the other band members like now because we still know each other like nothing you know everybody's kind of doing other stuff of course but we're still homies like that's the one thing I'll say is that I'm not like I, if I'm in a band with you and the band disbands and like if we are there's a grudge to be held then there's something wrong like there's you know what I'm saying like I don't I don't if if it if the music just kind of dissolves then there's I'm not I'm not gonna hold it against you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I love everybody I've played with. Like, you know, I don't have a problem calling folks now. You know, like, <clears throat> of course, it's COVID. But like, well, if understood. I needed, you know, I don't think there's anybody I wouldn't call or could not call. Right. And I like to think that, you know, it goes both ways as I treat folks with love and respect. Right. Right. So um, uh, that being said, um, we had sort of, you know, sort of like fizzled out and um i was kind of doing some stuff and i kind of had a vision for what i wanted because part of what was going on with spiral effectors was like um there were a lot of very talented musicians and so i had the opportunity of working with two or three dudes who all were or there were two people who were music majors um like literal like bachelor's degrees in music oh um, shit and um and so, like, when I say just knowledge, right? And so there was so much that I was able to learn from those sessions. One of them was also a vocalist. So he played vocals and piano, and he, like, was a choir director and stuff like that. So we just, mm, mm, I just, I love all those guys so much. Now I'm going to have to send some text messages. I'm like, random, I love you so much. I miss your face. Aww. Text messages out tomorrow. Like, um, when I get to, get to thinking about these guys. Oh, yeah. But that gave me the opportunity to envision um what you know like kind of hone in or or kind of um refine some of my ideas ideas that I had been having for music that I've been writing right 
or stuff that I songs that I had been playing with Spiral Effect, but because there were so many of us, there were like seven of us in the band at one point. It's kind of hard to rein in too many guitar players. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Not everybody, um, not everybody can be funkadelic. No, and not everybody can be funkadelic. And there's still a leader, right? There's still like exactly George is still, still there. It's still a captain, right? It's still a captain of the ship. So, um, um, so I said, okay. I just kind of put it out there, like in my own mind, like okay, I know, like you know, I'm looking for this, <laughs> you know, um, this is what I want. I want to have a, you know, either three, two or three dudes who, or two or three folks who I can count on um, uh, to play behind me. And um, I want, you know, solid, flexible, committed uh, musicians. Yeah. And <clears throat> I went to this show at this gallery that doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> thanks, Detroit. Um, freaking city council. Um, and they, there was a jam. It was like somebody's birthday. And so... Um, the the vocalist in the band had um, she had uh, three or four folks behind her um, and at some point they opened it up for an open jam and so I said well shit hey um, if, and, sh- and her band hadn't left the stage yet and I said hey y'all you want to play uh, Crazy by Niles Barkley with me you know, like, it's pretty easy. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. hard. It's, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and you just follow me. I said, I'll, I'll lead you, right? And they're like, okay. And so it's a bass player and a drummer and this guitar player. And um, we had a good time. Yeah. And the bass player and the drummer came up to me afterwards and they're like, God damn, that's the most fun I've had in a long time. <laughs> You know, you know, and I'm like, well, me too. What's up? You know, so we ended up like I said, you know, I'm actually looking for a rhythm section, man. I got some songs, you know, and with y'all behind me, with you two behind me. Now the other guitar player um, had gone, you know, on and and I, he's he's still cool. he's cool people. He makes amazing ass, just ridiculous music now. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, he's like a powerhouse. Um, oh yeah. Uh, anyway, um. So Eric and John and I end up working together, and later on, um, I met a, a dude named Anter, um, who ended up being my lead guitar player uh, for a little while. And um, uh, after Anter left the band, we ended up working, or or no, um, we had added another guitar player in at one point. And um, because Anter was on his way out, mm-hmm. like he was getting ready to move or something like he's getting married and he was just other, you know, busy life yeah, stuff, yeah. right? Happening. So I also like to have more than one, you know what I'm saying? Um, option, yeah. right? Because life happens. Exactly. Um, so we, I actually had a couple, I have a couple bass players that I work with, John and um, a, a guy named Jaws um, from um, Downtown Brown. Uh, um, and... Um, Rocket McFly and the Free Radicals, which is where I met him. Um, uh, Rocket is a solo artist now. He plays piano and he sings and he sounds like 
his voice is dynamic. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met Jaws uh, through 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 him, and so like they're both guys I, I sing and play with now. Um, Jaws was in Downtown Brown, and I met. That's how I met Neil um, from Downtown Brown. Be- and there was another Downtown Brown connection because back in like 2000 something or other um, I played in a band called Lyric that performed I mean that freaking practiced in my basement um, with a bass player by the name of Wolf who played in Downtown Brown and he um, has also played with a couple other bands around here he's um um, amazing, um, including uh, I want to say he sat in with Sponge as well, hmm. if I remember that correctly. Wolf is, um, if not, was it? I think so. Um, yeah. Anyway, so these are dudes like you know, there's less than less than six degrees of separation. Anyway, oh, yeah. I don't want to do like the name drop. Them doing the feel like I'm doing the Detroit name dropper thing, but I'm saying all that to say that we're in close proximity. Oh, yeah. and we end up working together, and like because we love each other. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I worked on a project called Drawn last year. Um, with um, with a dude named Ryan. Um, who played bass in Downtown Brown. He was the second bass player in Downtown Brown. Um, And we made workaholics jokes. Like, I made workaholics jokes at the fucking um, practice. And we were like, oh, shit, like, you weren't workaholics? Oh, so we, like, immediately were like, oh. Uh, And, like, he needed some vocals on this project that he was working on uh, with his with his bro, and so we 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 meshed and worked together, and I got to do some pretty fucking amazing scream singing on this song called "Climb" uh, by Drawn, which is actually on YouTube um, and any streaming platforms. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. I was very very honored, um, and we're gonna do some 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 more work together uh coming up here i got some stuff that i'm working on um to send over to him but i'm i'm so thankful for all the connections that i've made you know and it's just like it it just comes from having a good fucking time with people and being inspired by the shit you're watching you know or whatever comes up in conversation while you're learning fucking random songs for the show that you're doing together you know like it I got to open for fucking Fishbone with those guys, and not only was I, you know, making fucking jokes about workaholics and shit the night before, but I got to fucking hang out with Angelo the, that, you know what I'm saying, and fucking Norwood and shit. That yeah. is fucking amazing shit, oh, yeah. you know, music, and all because uh, my dad didn't let me quit when that guy smelled like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I said. Nice back. You said you're working on something. So are you recording like in the basement now? Like vocally? So what are you doing? I'm recording right where I'm sitting. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is my this is my bedroom. Um, I'm recording right where I'm sitting. Um, and then well, at least scratch tracks, right? Um, I have a focus right, Scarlet Studio, um, that came with this mic. Um, and I've got some nice monitors here and I've got the the headphones that came with it. And, um, I use, um, let's see, what is this here? 
I use Pro Tools. It's um and it, it came it's software that came with the Focusrite. Um yeah, man, and it's it's pretty freaking cool. Like I'm not um I ain't mad about it. Like I am able to do what I need to do. And you know, I sound I feel like it sounds good. You know, um it's nice and clear when I like my guitar, some of the some of the stuff that I've done. Um and then I had I've been piecing together, you know, my my equipment. Like I kind of found a nice little MIDI controller, you know, um, little nice little just a little keyboard um, MIDI controller um, to use. And so I'm able to at least get my ideas out um, and then I can refine them, take it to the studio and refine it. Um, you know, um, the drum project, they had a really, really, really nice basement studio with like a real nice like studio door, right? The clothes. Sh- yeah yeah so yeah yeah so um so uh for some stuff we'll probably be over there um piranha is at um he's at a really nice studio in detroit so like there's there's options you know there's options for refining stuff once i'm ready to refine it but for now at least i feel like i can at least get some really nice high quality billy eilish type shit out with what i got at home so we'll be like so what's your approach to rearranging and, re- and deconstructing and rearranging a song, though? I've always thought your version of Crazy was fucking dope. Thank you, number one. <laughs> That's a good question. So, so when it comes to rearranging a song, I kind of, uh, I, uh, I play through it a bunch. You know, I play through it a bunch um, the way I play it. I play it straight. I play it straight a few times. And then I kind of try to do what moves me without it sounding like everything else that I've already played in that set. So if, uh, if it's a song I'm very comfortable with, which I'll play, you know, I'll play it straight first, you know, especially in practice. Um, if I'm by myself, uh, it, it just kind of comes naturally. Um, I'm comfortable with like a reggae sort of strum, you know, uh, and so sometimes vocally and that ends up working or that sometimes that ends up working its way in because it's easy for me to work with vocally. Um, but when it comes to working with a band and rearranging a song, especially if it's one that we are comfortable with, it's almost like we just kind of throw like, it's like toss a genre in a bucket, especially with Eric and John, uh, or, or Eric and Jaws. Eric is, um, Eric is the drummer who I've worked with most recently, but I have this way of choosing drummers or working with drummers who under, we understand each other. The rhythm is a big, it's a big thing for me. Um, I need to be able to communicate with you without saying words. And my favorite drummers 
tend to be my favorite people. And they also tend to be people who I can trust and be very frank and honest with. There tend to be people I can go off on with love, you know, <laughs> and then be like, what are we finna eat? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, like there are people who, 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 who I can just be very, very real with. Um, <clears throat> and, and my homies, like just, just folks who I'm, I'm thinking of like three folks in particular, you know, um, who the last three drummers who I, who I worked with are all folks who I can be like, Hey man, you know, like if I, if, 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 you know, a mirror, if something happened and, you know, if aliens came down tomorrow and the COVID was gone and they needed a band and they were like Dika, you know, you know, assemble a crew. <laughs> assemble your crew <laughs> you know like I would there's an abundance of musicians I'm so thankful that I can call from um and any of these folks you know especially with the drummers or any of these folks are, are folks who I can communicate with like you know like <laughs> we're having whole conversations with just the eyes and like nah it's uh-uh uh-huh uh, 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 uh. like we're like we it's, know, tel- you know it's telepathic it's totally going on emotion <laughs> yes, and like yes. the un- unsaid Yes, you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, so it's, 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 oh man, the rhythm section has got to be tight. So once, once we kind of figure out where we want to go with it, a lot of times it's, it's like, whatever, wherever, where does it matter? Let's, let's start here and then end up here. Uh, mm, we got a song called Breathless. <laughs> that is uh um that is about uh police brutality and it is uh driving rock you know driving uh um heavy warm distorted uh <clears throat> guitars and It's very, mm, structurally, it changes a few times, okay? Uh, Which is what happens when you have a classically trained lead guitar player (laughs) with a, uh, who plays, who also plays like horns and a bass player um, who, you know, like thinks in you know who's like you know also just a genius you know bass player genius uh drummer genius who both went to wayne state you know so these are both like you know Ed, these are educated fools. Exactly. You know like, like, like it's like you understand they understand music in 3D. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you can speak so, music theory to them and won't feel like you're trying to teach calculus to a gerbil. No. No. As a matter of fact, you're the gerbil. Like, and they're the ones teaching the calculus. Oh, okay? totally. Shit. So so like but it's but it's awesome. Like it's awesome. There's um from a very early age, as a matter of fact, that first guitar teacher told me make sure you sit in rooms with teachers or with folks who are better than you you know he said when you get ready to form a band because you will 
play with folks who are better than you. Constantly stay playing with folks who are better than you. You know? And and there have been times where I have been in projects with folks who I had to teach, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there are times or in the in the times when projects that were most successful were not a teaching project for me, right? I have to be able to separate those two things. So I don't, you know, I don't mind like showing you what I'm doing, right? <laughs> um, but I can't teach you your instrument at the same time, right? And I can't, yeah, it's tough. And even on the other side of that, you can't be in a, in a lesson while you're in practice either. That somebody's gonna get burned out, you know, which has has been an issue as well. Like I've, you know, in situations where there have been some some cats who are who are far more advanced and they can't have necessarily the conversations they want to have, you know, and can't and you're having to communicate the music two ways, you know, um, and that makes that makes stuff kind of difficult. But you but there's a there's you can all you can find a balance, you know, and when that balance is achieved like you know you know <laughs> that's when you end up with like crazy 47 different ways you know um so like with with I'm circling back around with that song for instance there have been times it's as long as like a chameleon um it's like a standard for me now um it, if I if I needed to be like a blues then I'll do that if I needed to be you know um like a um a beat sort of poppy uh, dance, you know, <laughs> get the crowd moving, then we'll do that. If we needed to be uh, like a swing, we've done it in a waltz almost. One, two, three, one, two, three. I love one, the waltz two, version. Three, one, two, three. That one is that's pretty, you know, it that is. comes out that comes out very pretty and almost kind of haunting, right? It is. It has a whole different definition. It's kind of <laughs> like Nine Inch Nails version of Hurt versus Johnny mm. Cash's version of Hurt, you know? Yeah, that Johnny Cash version is. Yeah. Exactly. That's your final day. Oh yeah. That's your final day on this work in this on this plane. Like that's that's one of those songs. That's it like, is. Oh man, I am I am low down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You need to phone a friend. That's, exactly. Yes, that's that song is. I, but it's it's yeah. But that's wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. It it depends on the it depends on the band man. It depends on who I'm working with and what I need the song for too. You know, you know. Hey, stay tuned for part three. <laughs>